Welcome back. It's your girl, Foxy, and welcome to episode four of Foxy Bits, the official Foxy Jazabelle mini podcast. Took a bit of a break because things have been pretty busy for me. I was in Chicago two weeks ago for the second annual Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference, the secular conference for all the colored heathens atheists, agnostics, humanists, etc. I moderated a few panels. Those will be put on my main media channel, Foxy Jazabelle on YouTube. So uh, be on the lookout for that content uh, later this month. Make sure you're subscribed to Foxy on YouTube as well as the Foxy Bits YouTube channel. And with all that said, let's get into some smaller topics before hitting this week's main topics. So like, have y'all been reading the X books lately under Jonathan Hickman? Oh my God, baby, it's been so damn good. So damn good. And he's had a lot of great writers and artists with him as well. But sadly, all reigns must come to an end and the major storyline Inferno is the last X-Men arc by Hickman himself. I'm I'm a little concerned about that because I know it'll be good, you know, I, but part of me wonders if it's such a good idea dismantling everything that was built. I mean, to be quite frank, I haven't seen this much awesome world building and plots uh, since the Chris Claremont era. Yeah, I said it. I said what I said. Fuck what Rob Liefeld said. Thanks to Hickman, the X-Men have been returning to being that effing book. I mean, he cleared up all the continuity issues, gave mutants an actual homeland, political influence, character development of the ensemble casts, just solid storytelling. And now with the, these uh, mutants of Arako being reunited with the mutants of Krakoa on Earth and then terraforming Mars to become planet Arako, baby, the X-Books have been awesome. They are awesome. And y'all need to be reading them if you aren't already. I know for me, there's a couple of trades that I still have to get fully caught up on post X of Swords. But let me tell you, Inferno is shaping up to be that bitch and y'all need to get on that. Um, I actually may do a video on it on my main Foxy YouTube channel. So again, be sure to subscribe to my main media channel at youtube.com slash C slash Foxy Jazabel. So uh, some good news out of Texas. A federal judge has ordered the state to suspend their abortion ban bill. U.S. Circuit Judge, uh, Circuit District Judge Robert Pittman ordered the suspension of Texas Senate Bill 8, intentionally named the fetal heartbeat bill by Texas state Republicans. In his order, Pittman states, and I quote, from the moment SB8 went into effect, women have been unlawfully prevented from exercising control over their lives in ways that are protected by the constitution. That other courts may find a way to avoid this conclusion is theirs to decide. This court will not sanction one more day of this offensive deprivation of such an important right. 
Now, if you didn't know, SB8, which uh, it went into effect on September 1st, it basically bans abortions once so-called cardiac activity is detected in the womb. And I say so-called cardiac activity because the activity the ban is based on isn't cardiac at all. It's just electrical activity within the embryonic cells that uh, doctors utilize as a benchmark that the pregnancy is proceeding normally. As any biologist would tell you, a human embryo doesn't have a heart at six weeks development. So like all things the GOP based their justification for legislation on, SB8 is based on lies and disinformation about human fetal development. And speaking of folks who have sadly turned out to be wastes of human fetal development, Dave Chappelle released his final Netflix comedy special, The Closer, where he continued to double down on his anti-trans sentiments again and cry about being a victim of cancel culture again. According to the site LGBTQ Nation, Chappelle proclaimed outright that trans folks want him dead. Sarah, nigga, stop it. Nobody wants you, let alone wants you dead. So fuck off with the performative victimhood, okay? Plus you proclaimed that you're team turf, you know, trans exclusionary reductive feminists, a group of supposed feminists who actually want all trans women dead. So it takes a metric fuck ton of audacity for this nigga to proclaim that a marginalized group wants him dead while loudly supporting a group that actually wants said marginalized group dead. And he constantly tried to put, to pit racism versus anti-queerness as if, you know, uh, black queer people and black trans people don't fucking exist. And then to have the nerve to cry about being a victim of censorship while having had a fucking, a fucking 5011 special deal with Netflix that garnered him millions of fucking dollars. And he still, and he still was doing comedy shows on top of that and a podcast with his problematic patriarchal men besties, Taleb Kweli and Most Deaf. No, I don't know what the fuck most have changed his name to. Fuck him. And fuck you too, Dave Chappelle. Fuck you. Fuck your reduct. God. Fuck your reduction of trans women as not quite women via that impossible burger so-called joke. Fuck your bitching and moaning about being canceled when you're a fucking millionaire who was given a huge platform by Netflix. Fuck you for choosing to double down on punching down on marginalized groups like trans women while sticking up for fuckboys like the baby, you know, AKA the bozo, the bigot, because a fucking course you would. Because one thing that patriarchal black men will do, it's enable each other to continue to be as toxic as possible to everyone around them. Fuck you. And don't anyone dare say 
It's just jokes because it's really not. It's been shown that jokes, more specifically disparagement humor, actually helps to foster prejudice and bigotry and aids in their perpetuation. And that's all Dave Chappelle did for every one of his Netflix specials. What was it? A five special bitch fest full of performative victimhood and disparagement humor towards trans women. This is not the punching up humor that made me and that made most folks a fan of Chappelle's show on Comedy Central. This is just the last hurrah of a bitter old black man who's pissed off that the folks historically punched down on an intro, uh, that they, that he's, you know, those uh, groups that are historically punched down on, you know, women, the gays, trans folks. He's just pissed off that we're not putting up with his or Chris Rock's bullshit anymore. Take cues from Desus and Merrill, Dave. Evolve into a human being with empathy or just fuck off. sexual predator and R&B singer R. Kelly was convicted of nine federal charges that include racketeering and sex trafficking. Now, there are folks who are who aren't celebrating this, like Ebro, Rosenberg and them on Hot 97 because, you know, black men going to jail and their inner tor- turmoil about, you know, how they feel about Kelly's catalog of music. More on that in a bit. But, bitch, I'm fucking celebrating. Woohoo! That nigga's going to jail. You know what I got to say to that? Get up there. That nigga is get up there. That's what I got to say. This man was given carte blanche to utilize his fame and talent to prey on teenage girls and emerging adults and black women for decades. And we all gave it to him. We all did. Even after it came out that he married late singer Aaliyah when she was 15 and he was 27. 27 years old and he married a 15 year old. And it came out that folks lied about Aaliyah's age on the marriage certificate. They wrote down that she was 18 when she was really 15 at the time. Oh, and and she was also pregnant. But then, uh, you know, R. Kelly later gave her family uh, money to, you know, make sure she got an abortion. Yeah, yeah, that. Even after the damn sex tape, where he was clearly seen urinating on a, she was either 14 or 15 years old. Even after that, where you clearly see this nigga pissing on a young teenage black girl. 
And that that instance wasn't even the first time he's preyed on, groomed, and sexually assaulted young teenage girls and emerging adult girls. We all dismissed Aaliyah and the rest of his survivors as fast, you know, typical misogynoir bullshit, blaming young girls for being preyed upon by adults who should fucking know better. We brushed off their pain and their suffering because he obfuscated his deeds with mainstream hits like I Believe I Can Fly, Step in the Name of Love, I Wish, and uh, you know, the remixes for Ignition and Ignition and Feeling on Your Booty, where he got to feel, you know, remember in, in the music video when he got to feel up all on little Kim's ass in the music video? Yeah, yeah. And he was still able to work and, and produce hits for Michael Jackson, Jay-Z, Biggie, and even as recent as with Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber. Like, uh, uh, allegedly, he, he, um, he, uh, Justin Bieber uh, made a song with R. Kelly called Pussy Lips. Pussy Lips! Meanwhile, the entire time, Kelly doubled down on his predation, moving from Chicago to Atlanta, where, guess what? The age of consent is 16, so that he could continue to prey on teenage girls and emerging adult women. And fuckers like Ebro and Rosenberg have the nerve to be more concerned about letting go of Kelly's music catalog than his actions motherfuckers his entire catalog is about his exploits as a sexual predator you know what the fuck is this what the fuck is wrong with you people okay fine i get it you're into music so of course the issue of chucking his catalog is gonna come up i get it but i watched a video where they talked about you know after the verdict came down and, uh, uh, and he was found guilty on the federal charges, I heard these two men, Ebro and Rosenberg and Laura Stiles have exhibit like so much hesitancy because of his music's popularity. And I'm just like, are y'all fucking serious? I understand the feeling of, you know, wanting to separate the art from the arts. I did it for a time with R. Kelly after he was acquitted on those uh, child pornography charges when that tape came out. We all did. But that was a pipe dream and fighting against reality. It is fucking impossible. Most singer-songwriters, they put their lives and themselves in their music. And again, Kelly was a sexual predator is a sexual predator and an abuser who has gotten away with his crimes for damn near 30 years. He told everything. He put down exactly what he was doing in every single one of his songs. He was even on video saying that if motherfuckers wanted to catch him, they should have tried it years ago. Uh, it was a clip, it was one of the first clips shown on that uh, that Lifetime special, Surviving R. Kelly. It's on Netflix. If y'all haven't watched it, which I'm surprised, 
but not surprised if it's if you know sexual violence sexual abuse things like that if it's a trigger for folks because you know it happens so many of us are survivors of abuse so i get it if you haven't seen it yet go watch it it's all on netflix the inspiration for that song you are not alone that he wrote for michael jackson was a 17 year old girl who he groomed abused mentally emotionally and sexually who ended up pregnant and had to get an abortion and became ill because of something that he passed on to her sexually you cannot separate r kelly the person from the musician because he never did like any abuser abuser excuse me r kelly had trophies via his music and his sex tapes so people hemming and hawing about giving up his music catalog as if it's such a difficult thing to do this is not only insulting to our collective intelligence but it's a slap in the face to Aaliyah, to r kelly's ex-wife to sparkle and her niece who was the girl in the uh in the the video being urinated on when she was 15 and to all the black girls and women he's preyed upon groomed assaulted used and abused throughout his three decade reign of black terror so i say to ebro to laura styles rosenberg and to everyone and anyone else caught up in their feelings of not wanting to discard R. Kelly's music. Just be honest about this shit. Y'all don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck about black women and girls. Shocker. Not really. You don't mind listening to this predator talk about, talk and, and sing about the teenage girls and women he's groomed, used, manipulated, and abused in his song lyrics. You don't care that thanks to black men like R. Kelly, one in every four black girls are sexually abused before age 18, and that one in every five black women are rape survivors. Y'all don't fucking care. And it's quite hypocritical of hot of uh, of those two of mainly of of Ebro and Rosenberg specifically to roast and toast Power 105's The Breakfast Club for their misogynoir while partaking in it themselves and all over a nigga like R Kelly <laughs> signing off I'd like to say I hope all my peeps who were brave enough to go to New York Comic Con at the Javits this weekend are having fun and keeping safe from Delta myself being that uh, my past two weekends were full of stuff that I did 
I opted to stay my black ass the hell home. It's one thing to meet a few folks for dinner or go to a conference and wholly another thing to go to the biggest comic culture event on the East Coast where attendance is usually in the thousands. I don't know about y'all, but I don't feel comfortable wading through that many people in such close proximity while only 64% of New York State's population is fully vaccinated from COVID-19. That number needs to be much, much higher. Herd immunity from disease occurs when about 70 to 90% of a population becomes immune either via vaccination or enough of a population gaining immunity from past infection. Now, we don't want to get to herd immunity via the latter because the more likely thing that happens is that more people die and will die. We want to get to herd immunity via vaccination and the percentage for that needs to be a bit higher depending on how contagious a disease is. Like for example, herd immunity from measles, 93 to 95% of a population needs to be vaccinated for herd immunity to take place. And with all the different COVID variants that have shown they're much easier to transmit between people, every state needs to get their vaccination numbers up to at least 90%. I mean, they won't, but that's what needs to happen before I feel even 50% comfortable humoring the idea of going in person to a large convention or game tournament. So please folks, please, please, please. If you really want these events to come back or whatever, get vaccinated, get the shot, okay? And continue to get tested at least once a month for COVID. Wear masks, wash your hands, and social distance. And that's gonna do it for episode four of uh, the Foxy Bits podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you receive your podcasts and on YouTube. Until next time, remember, be less of a dick. Bye, Foxy Ones.